Right on, writers, and welcome back to Books by Adrian. My name is Adrian Santiago. This is Typewriters Podcast. This is the after show where we continue our conversation with this week's guest from Livestream Sunday. In this case, we have the very cool and very, very interesting to talk to Mr. James Moore. Uh, I can't wait to get him back out here. For those of you at home, if you're watching this on the premiere, go ahead and hit the like, comment, subscribe down below. You know what to do. Hit the notification bell, all that good stuff. Uh, if you are listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, please go ahead and leave a five-star review. That's going to bump us up in the old algorithm over there and help us to show up on people's feeds. So please help us out. Without further ado, let's get right on into it. Mr. James Moore, welcome. Hello. Again. Hi. How you doing? It was great. I, that was fun, man. I had a, I had a great time on Livestream Sunday. I hope you did as well. Yeah, I, I had an excellent time. I've done, I don't know, two or three of these interview types. And I got to say that although everyone has been pleasant, this has been the best experience so far. Oh, I, I'm happy to hear that, man. I, I, I work very hard to make these things as fun and enjoyable as possible. I like to have lots of little visuals and stuff going on because it is a visual medium. And I feel like just talking heads, talking to each other can get kind of boring after a while. So, mm -hmm. you know, spiff it up, throw things in people's faces and, you know, keep it moving, keep it moving. Right. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Uh, everybody at home, like, comment, subscribe. I almost forgot to throw that up there. There you go. Now. Uh, Mr. Moore, on this uh, particular show, we tend to uh, focus a little more on the craft of it all. On mm -hmm. Livestream Sunday, we talked about your life, your career, everything kind of uh, ebbing and flowing through it and uh, leading up to you writing and everything. Here, we're going to get a little bit more into the nitty gritty of how you do what you do. You mentioned on Livestream Sunday that uh, you set out to write a novella back in 2014, thinking that it would be super easy to get it done in a couple of months. 18 months later, you were uh, finished with the first draft. Mm -hmm. And those of us who know how writing works means that there was more drafts and rewrites after that, if you're doing it right anyway. And so my question to you comes from, well, it's the, the theme of that episode, I believe, was a lesson in naivete, right? Because you, you think, oh, yeah, no problem. I knock it right out. And then you learn, oh, no. This is so as you were learning to write, as you were developing your craft, um, how how did it kind of come together for you, the, the craft part of it? You know, you mentioned you started out as a pantser and you are not so much anymore. So how what's your, your, your writing process like when you sit down to do it? What do you need in order to accomplish it? Well, I, I'll tell you this. To answer the question about, you know, how this writing craft has been working for me from the beginning and without getting too sanctimonious religious about it <laughs> uh, my writing career up until now has been a huge factor is hand of god god has had a factor in everything i've been doing and the biggest part of that is putting me in front of people that will help me become a better writer for example um just starting out when i made the decision i want to do some writing i want to write this stuff down um, I knew instinctively that I wanted to become part of a writing group, you know, nice. And yeah, just that the idea and anybody who's listening out there, anybody who is even thinking about anything beyond the grocery list. Okay. If you, <laughs> if you plan on writing anything, do not write in a vacuum. If you mm -hmm. write in a vacuum, when that air comes rushing in, 
mm-hmm. it, it'll you'll find out that you have just a, a lump of dirt in your hands instead of something useful yeah. you you have to have an audience you have to have an audience before your audience people that you know i'm not talking just about your, your friends and family that'll read your stuff and be polite okay mm-hmm. we're talking about people that um range from just starting out like you all the way up to i do this for a living and i was i just fell into a tub of butter with the first writing group that i even investigated just to get involved with them it's run by a man named rick ely and um i got into that writers group and i knew i was home because the the people there everybody was so open and honest and they were able to criticize and instruct without making people feel bad about what they what they've done constructive okay. criticism true definition of constructive criticism yes for example the very the very first piece of constructive criticism i got was i brought something to the group all right the format with the group was you know you bring something maybe um something like you know three pages of whatever you write whatever you've written three to five pages you read it everybody passes it around and they give you notes and you have homework okay when i had given my submission rick took me off to the side and he said uh you know what james you need to fall out of love with the comma (laughs) (laughs) you need to fall out of love with the comma because you're using it a little bit too much and I fall out of out of love with the exclamation point. You don't <laughs> you don't need it. Exclamation point is a big one. That that one stands out to everybody. They see it all it, over the Exactly. Place. And I was using those as crutches and tools, comma splices everywhere. And um it's and that's where I learned the basics. The basics of writing well is being a part of that writing group. So mm-hmm. I would say that that's that's task number one for anybody who wants to get involved in this is to be part of a, a good writing group that suits you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I'm agree wholeheartedly. Um, I mentioned in the in, in the episode of Livestream Sunday, my sister is my editor. Uh, in addition to that, I have a crew of critique partners, which are other writers who are going to tackle my thing. And then on top of that, I have a group of beta readers who are not writers, they are readers, and they're going to tackle it from a reader's perspective and give me feedback that way. And I'll tell you, man, like a lot of uh, a lot of writers will will tell me that they'll send their stuff out to an editor or critique partner or whoever, and immediately like the stress begins of like, oh my God, like what what if they don't like it? Or, or what if they send it back covered in red? And I'm like, please send it back covered in red. Like I wanted that. I want to make this thing as good as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And how am I going to do that if I don't know what's wrong with it? Tell me everything that's wrong with it. And I'm going to do my very best to fix it up so that it is as close to perfect as possible because no book is ever perfect. But, uh, but yeah, man, that, that feedback, that, that back and forth. And again, the community of writers is very, very important. Oh yeah, most definitely. Something that I found out early on in the game is, you know, people that don't write people that just, you know, they might read books. They have a a picture in their mind of the lonely writer who has a a cabin in the woods where he Mm -hmm. escapes and Mm -hmm. writes his books and genius comes out of that cabin Mm -hmm. and everything. No, writing is a team sport. And you got to put your team together. All the people that you mentioned, your art creators, your, your editors, that's what they, they have to be part of that team. Because if you don't have that, 
then you're really just writing for you and mm-hmm. nobody else. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and you mentioned having an audience before an audience. And, and I, I mean, that's why I'm doing this. My book is even out, isn't out yet. And I've been doing this for almost two years. No, more than two years now. Wow. Um, because I started before I started like right around the time that like quarantine happened. Oh, really? Yeah. So so more than two years now I've been doing this. And, and again, it's all in in the uh, in the effort to create a a readership you know like people who are actually waiting for the book for when it comes out and and others who are going to read it before it comes out so that they'll put up reviews the day that it comes out so there's already reviews out so you know like it's it's a it's an orchestra right that, that you have to kind of conduct and we spoke earlier about uh you know what a an incredible full-time job writing is uh, being an author is it's not just a job it's like 19 jobs you know what i mean like you got you got to market the thing you got to do everything yourself even if you're traditionally published you're doing most of your own marketing and oh yeah and 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 most like literally most if not all of your own marketing so yeah man like it's it's hard work and and it's not just any one thing people who think that they want to be a writer that's great you're gonna write you're gonna need to do a whole bunch of other stuff too yes and that's something I hear over and over again, whether it's on TikTok or somebody I, I meet at a conference or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's kind of a synergy because most creatives, at least in my experience, especially people that are writers, are kind of introverted. Okay, I'm not saying that they're hermits or anything, but they they they're introverted. They don't like to focus on themselves necessarily. They they are more interested in the other person that they're talking to. And that kind of works counter to self-promotion, mm, which is yeah. what you have to do. And they want to be humble. Works. They don't want to brag about themselves. Exactly. But I'm like, you got to, man. You got to market this thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's good. It's all good. Um, the, the thing that's tough for people to get over is some a little bit of the self-doubt. Do I really have something that's good? And, you know, it's... You have to have a business mindset. You're in a business now. You're selling yourself. You're right. selling your story. Right. And one one of the one of the reasons the the second big, biggest reason why I got involved in TikTok or specifically in book talk or author talk is that I wanted to encourage people who are going through that same struggle, sitting down trying to get a story out, especially if they're an indie author, and those doubts creep in. You know. And say, you know, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for the right thing? And I try to tell people, look, do not cheat me out of your story. Mm. Okay. In addition to writing, I like reading. I love stories. If you give up now, I'll never get to read your story. And that's that's cheating me. Okay. So you know, you need to give me a, a shot at that. You know, don't don't cut me out like that. That's awesome. It puts them on the spot. Yeah, it, <laughs> I don't want to let them down. <laughs> yeah. So when you have a choice of scrolling through TikTok or writing that that next paragraph, you need to lean towards the paragraph. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, you said it in Livestream Sunday to uh, to spend some time writing short stories and flash fiction and stuff like that. And definitely, like, cut your teeth on it because getting to the end mm-hmm. as many times as possible is is so important to making you a better writer and making you uh, uh really understand how to tell stories as you said if you can tell a story in 300 words you you're there man you're a writer <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely um I, I love writing for literary magazines online and that sort of thing because 
it's it's not as big a boost it's like a the tiny little hit of cocaine not the big hit of cocaine but you get to uh, <laughs> you get to uh get something accomplished done submit it and in some cases every once in a while published mm-hmm. you know yeah and in a lot of cases it's going to be free <laughs> you know there's a lot of places that they don't compensate yet or they can't but um just to be able to point to a magazine and say I'm a published author because I wrote that, mm-hmm. you know, that's, yeah. that's something to say for sure. Yeah. It's gotta be a pretty good feeling too, especially, uh, you, you know, in those literary magazines where you're essentially surrounded by other storytellers, other writers and their mm-hmm. stories and stuff. And just to like have yours among them like that. Uh, one, one of the, uh, one of the things I, I very much want to do, um, when I'm done editing this novel is write a couple of short stories to, to submit to like some short story collections, you know? I would love to be a part of something like that. I have a couple of friends on on AuthorTube who have put out uh, short story collections with other writers, and it's just so exciting to, to see them all in one place and you know tackling a particular theme or whatever it is, and seeing how everybody's different styles all kind of fit together or don't. And yeah, man, it's it's awesome. The, the discovery of it is just a grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I I love doing that kind of work. I've I've been fortunate enough to have. Uh, a couple of stories actually featured in literary, ma- literary magazines. And what I found it helps me do, even when I'm in the middle of another project of writing a novel, and in the middle, I'm sure that you know, in the book that you have, there were probably times in 200,000 words that you said, man, I don't know if I can get it up today to <laughs> sit down yeah. and, and go back to this story. So you can actually take a break by writing something else. Yeah. And it might not be the final draft of it. It might not be something that you send off, but you write three or four paragraphs on something else that's been running around in your mind. And I find that actually clears yourself for the next thing in your main project that you're working on. And, you know, even if you're not aspiring to publish in literary magazines or anything like that, I still recommend those short stories and those flash fictions because those end up being your reader magnets. You can send flash fiction stories out in your in your newsletter to your to your readers. You can publish a, a short story or a little novella as a uh, as a as a reader magnet to get people interested in your main book, your main series, whatever the big thing is. Uh, yeah. That's another thing that I intend to do once I'm done editing this big boy is to to write something a little smaller that I can kind of give away for free to people and be like, hey, if you like this, here's the main book, you know, stuff like that. There's all right. kinds of uh, different ways that that it can still benefit you. Uh, career-wise and, and business-wise, in addition to making you a better writer as you're practicing these things. Definitely, yes. For sure. Um, so you, in addition to writing novels and novellas, are also, uh, you know, delving into screenplays and, and, shorts and uh, short films. And uh, that to me is fascinating because before I started writing this novel, I was working on a, uh, a graphic novel series with some buddies of mine. We had a whole writer's room thing going on and we plotted out this epic story. And, uh, you know, we have this vision for this amazing graphic novel series that belongs on the shelf next to the, you know, the big, the, the Watchmen and, you know, uh, uh, the Long Halloween and, you know, Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Like we wanted it to be that. You know what I mean? Like just right up there on that shelf next to those guys. And then aim high, high, exactly. But (laughs) then when it came time to writing the actual scripts based off of the plotting that we had done, that fell on to me. 
and I hadn't written anything before. And I sat down to write those scripts and literally years went by with me trying to make them work and, and hating everything I wrote in them. You know what I mean? Like, just like, this is not going to get up on that shelf. It's just not going to make it. And I realized I need to set that aside and do something for myself where it's only my name attached to it. And I'm not going to bring these other guys down with me. If it <laughs> sucks, it's just on me. If it's great, it's just on me. I did it right. myself and become a better writer so that I can go back and tackle that in the future. The scripting format was really difficult for me. The whole like, and especially for graphic novels, but I can imagine even for, for screenplays and films, um, that format is so different from the pros that, you know, we do in, in novels and novellas. Um, what, what do you see as like the connective tissues between these two things? How, how is it, uh, what am I trying to ask here? Um, what would you say is, is, is the best way for somebody who writes prose and novels and stuff like that to kind of transition into the scripting format? Well, I'll say this one thing that helped. Well, no, number one, I think it's something that you mentioned in the uh, the other show that you've already done yourself. You got the screenwriter's Bible. Okay. And that is the book that guided me as far as the, the format. I mean, that, that was, it's really a Bible. If it's you want so to good. Do, right. And even if you're not saying, okay, I'm going to take this thing from the cradle to go into Hollywood, you know, because in the screenwriters Bible, they even talk about when you're done marketing, how to contact people, how to get to the business. Even if that's not really part of your plan yet, the, the format is, is absolutely crucial because your script will get tossed away as unreadable just because of the format. No one will even find out how good you, you could write war and peace the you know gone yeah. with the wind it could be gone with the wind they're going to toss it because it's not the right format they'll label it as unreadable mm. because there's a standardization that's essential in handing that script to a leading lady a director uh you know a leading man because they yeah. want to be able to read it in that format that's been mm -hmm. established for a long time so that would be step number one is for you to get one of those screenwriting bibles and if you i know everybody's working on the budget everybody's working on a budget okay libraries are free yeah <laughs> if, if you if you can't afford the latest edition yeah you can get previous editions because even though the information on how to break into the business might not be relevant the formatting information really doesn't change so if that's what you're getting it for get an earlier edition or whatever and the second thing that that is going to help with your transition is instead of trying to figure out in Microsoft Word or whatever how to how many spaces to move over to for dialogue versus the action and everything and, and having to do that physical formatting, there is a free online piece of software that I use. I mean, it's 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 my go-to because okay. it's free. I, I'm working on no budget. Um, the the industry standard is final draft. Okay. I get that. Right. If you can get your hands on final draft, do it. You know, if the, if you have the means to do that, God bless you. I money well spent. Sure. <laughs> money, money well spent. If you have the money. Yeah. What I do is I go online to writerduet.com. Okay. And it, 
and it holds your hand and walks you through the, the crowded bus station so that you won't get lost from your mommy in the world of, of screenwriting. And um, the free version of that, you get to keep, um, I think it's three projects on active at the at a time but you can export them as pdfs and, and import them again later on or whatever so but you you have to cycle through just three at a time there it, it is right to do it and it's my go-to i've written everything in that because the formatting and everything it really walks you through it and it's 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 james proof James can mess up anything. <laughs> so it, I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's James proof as far as being able to get your format correct. Yeah, man. I'm looking at it. It does everything. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be ready to go with this. And yeah. it's free, huh? It's free. Now, Great. the version that yeah. you pay for allows right. you to collaborate. So if you work in a project with a number of people, um, there's all kinds of little do that shit you get when you pay on each one of those tiers. But mm -hmm. the biggest one I think that I would start paying for once this becomes something that makes money is being able to collaborate with other people and you can share projects for sure and this is awesome and even even the the tiers where you're paying for it that ain't bad no no it's it's not expensive it's not bad at all and if you go yearly you save some money mm -hmm. all right we're not sponsored but check it out <laughs> <laughs> right on i'm gonna be looking into that man because like I said, man, one one of the big dreams is is the uh, the showrunner gig someday. You know, whether it's yeah. adapting my own novels into a series or an original thing or whatever it is. Like I I I remember the uh, the writers' room um, kind of scenario of plotting our graphic novel that never finished and and hopefully we'll get to again someday. But I love that collaborative setting, man. That the kicking ideas around and. You know, making uh, that. Yeah, that's good. But I've seen that before. Let's go bigger or or, or painting yourself into corners. And like, how are we going to get out of this one? And all that stuff. That's just fun, man. It's, it's 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 my bread and butter. Yeah. When you mentioned that, that that's what you wanted to do. I kind of got I'm not kind of I got jealous because <laughs> I mean, that's an unrealized dream for me to be mm. in the writer's room and work in that collaborative uh, atmosphere. I've never done it on a scale like that before, and that's mm -hmm. that, that would be a dream come true to be a contributing member on a team like that. Yeah, I feel like I would learn so much to be able to work with other storytellers in a venue like that. If I, I'm going to jump all over an opportunity like that if it ever comes my way to be in a room with, I don't know, five six other people, and develop a story like that. It, it must yeah. be amazing. Yeah, you know, one of my heroes is Vince Gilligan, creator of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And uh, I, I studied the writer's technique that they use for plotting those series as far as the writer's room is concerned. You know, they, they've got their cork board up, they've got their index cards, and they're throwing ideas, they're pitching things, and they're putting stuff up. And, you know, they're finding things from old seasons like, oh, you know, we never did anything with this. Let's do something with this. And, you know, bringing things back and all that kind of stuff. And... You know, he tells stories in interviews sometimes about, you know, like when, when you're kicking ideas around, there's there's no there, there's nothing is off the table when you're first plotting like you're, you're just throwing things out there. And, you know, they're trying to think of the most horrible way for this thing to happen or whatever it is. And he tells stories of, you know, he's deep in thought and he's looking out the window and, you know, maybe tapping on the window as he's thinking. He goes, well, what if, you know, we had walter white give her a hot dose of heroin or something like that you know and then he like turns to a room of people going like 
<laughs> like, dude, like, this is dark, man. It's like, all right, well, we don't have to go that dark. Let's rein it in a little bit. And, and you know, just that collaboration, man. Like, I love that stuff. I, I, I love it. The, the idea that you can all kind of contribute. Like, I'm not going to think of this scene the same way as you, the same way as him or her. And to have everybody kind of throwing out their versions and their things that work and everything. And then after all of that, when everything is plotted and you're like, this is what our story is. This episode is going to be written by that guy, and this episode is going to be written by that lady, and this and just the idea of all these people who had been in this room now going off and writing the scripts, and you know editing each other's work, like, like you said, the the, the writers group, you know, the, the writing team, it's just it's fantastic and and uh, so important for writers, oh, so yeah. important. James. Was there anything that you wanted to cover or talk about in Livestream Sunday that we did not get to? Well, the only thing I would talk about a little bit more is the, uh, the amount of incredible support that I've been privileged to have in doing all these pursuits because number one at the head of the line is, is my wife, Donna. And, and you know, I, I appreciate the fact that she lets me you know, write these things, run off on a on a Saturday or Sunday with this wild person, Charles Townsend, and go out into the middle of a field and ask some some people who love the craft of acting what they do to ask them to do it for a slice of pizza to put, <laughs> to put together something that we think is going to look good on film. You know, if you analyze it that way, it's craziness. It's it's insane. Yeah. Until you until you send it to the film festival and it wins, you know, some some laurels, <laughs> you know, then, you know, you've actually done something. So I think in in addition to her just being relieved that my midlife crisis is not, you know, chasing women. I'm not trying to buy a sports car. I'm not, you know, you know, skydiving or anything like that. But, you know, when I get done with a project, I'm working with Charles and I see written by James Moore on there. I just wonder, I was, why are people wasting time with alcohol and drugs when they can oh, be making movies? Because <laughs> it's the same hit. It's the same eye. It's it's just awesome. And if I'm going to do it, I, I, I may never make a dime off of doing this, but it's what I'm going to die doing. You know, I, I just I just love this stuff. I'm just I'm totally hooked. You know, my sister being my editor, um, I, I I love running my stuff through her first and foremost because while she's editing grammar and, and mistakes and blah and and storytelling, uh, you know, uh, formatting stuff, all that stuff, she she tackles that stuff as a writer, and she's a phenomenal writer. But she never turns off her reader brain, and she gives just as much feedback as a reader as she does as an editor. And there is no greater high than going through her comments on my manuscript and running into a moment where she freaked out about something or something like surprised her, scared her, or or uh, a mystery, you know, element made theories go off in her head. Oh, does that mean that this guy is that guy? Or, you know, like once she starts throwing out that reader stuff, that's that's when I get like all jazz because I'm like, yes, you know, like. That's what I want. I want to make people feel stuff. I want to make them freak out. I have 
in my epilogue what I hope will be the moment that makes people just throw the book across the room. You know what I mean? Like, just like, you've broken my heart. Stop it. You know, like, <laughs> you thought the story was over. I'm coming for the jugular in the, epi in the epilogue. So, like, yeah, man, that's like you say, man, it's just that high. Like, why are you wasting your time with alcohol? Just, just write a story and let somebody read it and listen to what they think of it. Like, you can be like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it, it's nothing like that moment when you know that they got it. You know what you were trying to convey we what i what i tell people if especially some people that come up to me and say you know help me with my writing that sort of thing i ask them first i said why are you doing this why are you writing mm. and you know depending on the answer i know where they are seriously but the people that come to me and say i want to convey a message i want to move people i want to make people laugh cry throw my book against the wall whatever and then i know yeah. that i'm talking with somebody who's serious okay because yeah. you write to invoke an emotional response that's what you're doing the, the writing for yeah and and you know that's why I, you know we do the movies that we do i want somebody to leave the the theater or you know leave their phone or whatever whenever they saw it <laughs> i want them i want them to leave thinking laughing crying reevaluating their reality mm -hmm. that would be the apex of what i've done I would know that I've done my job. Yeah, man. Like the the mark of a great movie uh, going experience is when you leave the theater and you're still talking about it, and you go to a diner with your friends and you're talking about it, and you're driving home and you're talking about it. That's a great movie. You know what I mean? When I finish a movie and I walk out going, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go home and, and go to sleep. See you later, guys. Like that was a bad movie. You know what yeah. I mean? It did nothing yeah. for me. Did nothing. Right. I want. I want to dissect it. I want to talk about it. What about the scene with the guy? That the, and all of that just kind of like makes the movie live on beyond just the watching of it. And that's same same thing that I want from my books. You know what I mean? Like it's one of the reasons why I do a book club on my channel because just the idea of like talking it out with other people who have read the same thing that you have read. You know, and just diving into it. What did you think of this chapter? What were the the lines that popped out to you and and stood out to you as the the most beautiful lines in this chapter or whatever? It's just it's great stuff, man. Yeah, and when you tell me that you want to do this in a writer's room for a series that goes, you know, that's streaming going on and on. I mean, I'm jealous and I'm scared. That's like saying, <laughs> oh yeah, I fly fighter planes. That would be cool to do, but it's scary to think that I would be doing it because, you know, right now I'm in the realm where. I'm trying to get that response in a certain period of time, but you want to do it over and over and over again every week for mm -hmm. weeks on end. And to do that well, it literally, you know, yeah. frightens me to, to be, it frightens and excites. Um, one of my heroes as far as writing is Aaron Sorkin. Oh my God. And he's, he's the man. He's the man. Dude, the him. newsroom is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. So underrated, but please. Yeah, go on. exactly, exactly. Newsroom, and the, my hook was West Wing. Yep, classic. West Wing is. I mean, uh, can you imagine being in that writers' room and coming up with that stuff every week to bring people in and get the same level of response? There's some of those episodes to this day. I've seen them a dozen times. Still mm -hmm. sit down and cry. Or oh, sit yeah. down and, and laugh my head off, you know, because yeah. they because they they were just hitting it on all cylinders with that show. For sure, man. 
And Aaron Sorkin, he's he's such a good pull because he's such a, a, a unique voice. When you read an Aaron Sorkin script or you watch an Aaron Sorkin written film, you know it's him right away. As soon as a, a character opens their mouth, you're like, oh, Aaron Sorkin wrote this. And that's the mark of a, of a great author where you can see his 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 style from a mile away and still you're, you're sucked in. And he's so good. I, I mean, The Social Network is one of my favorite movies. I'm a huge David Fincher fan. I, I love his his films. Like most of his catalog fills up my top ten. Like five of out of my top ten are David Fincher movies. So for him to team up with Aaron Sorkin on a script, like oh my god, you know that's just dream come true kind of stuff for me. So a few good men, like ah, I could go on and on about it. Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, what is you know the story with that is, I mean, the few good men. That was like the, the first stage play he had ever written. Yeah, and. I, he really felt like he was kind of just a novice getting his feet wet with this thing, so and good. it's and it's a masterpiece. So, <laughs> so and they turn it into a movie masterpiece. Yeah, that that guy's got the gift. Yeah, he does. Now the the thing with him that I find very fascinating when people talk about working on a Sorkin project, um, unlike other films and shows and whatnot, where you are usually encouraged to, you know, explore different avenues after you've gotten how it is on the page. Let's do a couple more where you're kind of making up other stuff that doesn't happen on this working project. Like you do it as it's on the page. You know what I mean? Like do not mess with this man's words. You memorize that nine page monologue and you do it exactly like that. Yeah. Because it's Sorkin, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Jesus, exactly. like that's just like so intense, man. What a, what a great writer that guy is, uh, Mr. Moore. I do believe we're gonna go ahead and call it a day. We got uh, just a couple minutes left here before six. So uh, if you have, uh, you mentioned the um, uh, the writers uh, convention that's coming up uh, in your right. town. That's this the, weekend. This coming weekend. This coming weekend, the Williamsburg Book Festival. It's going to be, um, they have a website. If you Google Williamsburg Book Festival, the 1st of October from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., they're going to have authors. I'm going to be out there. They have other feature authors out there. They're going to have seminars on writing, seminars on publishing. Um, you know, if you're into writing, if you're into storytelling, it's really a necessity for you to get out there and mingle and talk to some people and find out what that's all about. Beautiful. Well, this airs on Thursday. So those of you who are in that area, if you uh, catch this on Thursday, you got two days to get ready and uh, and head over there. Um, Mr. Moore, thank you so very much. Everybody at home, go ahead and check out his website, pick up a copy of his book. All of that is in the description down below. And uh, I, I look forward to hearing so much more from you. And I look forward to speaking to you again on, on future episodes. This was a delight and you're a great guest. Great, man. I mean, this has been a fantastic experience. I really appreciate it. I'm honored to be on the show. And now I'm a fan of the show. I'm going to, you know, I'll keep my eye on you, man. Hey, man, the, the honor is all mine. And I do hope to see you again uh, in the in the chat. Show up for the next uh, episode and uh, join us. Look through the, the back catalog, too. I've got a couple of great guests back there. Garrett Robinson was on uh, this season. Uh, Mike DeFrench was on this season, both of which you might know from TikTok. They have great writer uh, advice over there on TikTok. And, uh, and I've spoken to a couple of other, I mean, uh, uh, the Hello Future Me from YouTube, huge uh, writer on YouTube. He was on last season. So please go ahead. And, and those of you at home who haven't done so, go ahead through the back catalog. There's a lot of good stuff back there. Definitely. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. And uh, I will see you all back here on Sunday 
for the next episode of Livestream Sunday, Ride On Riders, we are out.